Welcome to No Compromise, where faith and reason fuse in conversation. Hello, Johnny. Hello, my lover. Hello, everyone. Okay, so first of all, before I start what we're going to start this week, I want to talk about your book. There we go. We finally published it. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> After me nagging you for weeks and weeks and maybe months. Weeks, I was going to say months for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you finally got it published and the link will be in the description if you'd like to check it out. Paradise Lost, The Machinery of Evil. Perfect. And we think this actually would make a very good Bible study for churches. Mm -hmm. And yep. we're hoping that people will pick it up for that purpose. Right, right. Okay, so this week we're back to The Everlasting Man by G.K. Chesterton. And we're going to start Chapter 3, The Antiquity of Civilization. So why don't we just get right into it? First of all, if you'd like to listen to the previous, and I would say sporadic episodes on the introduction and Chapter 1 and 2 of Chesterton's book, the links will be in the description. So Chesterton begins this chapter with this, and I, and I want to read this, and then I want to hear what you have to say about it. Okay. The modern man looking at the most ancient origins has been like a man watching for daybreak in a strange land and expecting to see that dawn breaking behind bare uplands or solitary peaks. But that dawn is breaking behind the black bulk of great cities long builded and lost for us in the original night. Colossal cities like the houses of giants in which even the carved ornamental animals are taller than the palm trees, in which the painted portrait can be 12 times the size of the man, with tombs like the mountains of a man set four square and pointing to the stars, with winged and bearded bulls standing and staring enormous at the gates of temples, standing still eternally as if a stamp would shake the world. And Chesterton's conclusion is, the dawn of history reveals a humanity already civilized. Right. What right. do you think about that, John? As I was reviewing this chapter uh -huh. for our discussion tonight, mm -hmm. I thought maybe the best way of characterizing Chesterton's position yeah. in this chapter yeah. is to call it devolution versus yeah. evolution. Yeah. And he's presenting another way of looking at the evidence that we have. Yeah. And I think it's a compelling notion. Mm -hmm. And Chesterton himself would say, this is just another way of looking at it. Yeah. But it is... As consonant it's with the facts. Yeah, it's a valuable. As the other way of looking at it. Right. Viable, I should yes. say. Yeah. The two, he says, the point is the two first human societies of which we have any reliable and detailed record are Babylon and Egypt. It so happens that these two vast and splendid achievements of the genius of the ancients bear witness against two of the commonest and crudest assumptions of the culture of the moderns. If we want to get rid of half the nonsense about nomads and, and cavemen and the old man of the forest, we need only look steadily at the two solid and stupendous facts called Egypt and Babylon. Right. So from the very beginning, mm -hmm. Chesterton said this, the dawn of history reveals a humanity yeah. already civilized. Right. Exactly. Right. And 
he goes on, he says, perhaps it reveals a civilization already old. Yeah. And among other more important things, it reveals the folly of most of the generalizations about the previous and unknown period when it was really young. Right. And so we pick up on what we talked about last week mm -hmm. about the ignorance of history. Yeah. Prehistory, right? That we, as a civilization, tend to want to think that we really know, yeah. when in fact we, we don't. don't know. Right? Exactly. That this lies in the realm of ignorance, mm -hmm. and that our speculations about it should be recognized as speculations, right? And our presuppositions, <laughs> right? Exactly right. And it is fascinating and important to recognize that when we look at the history of man, mm -hmm. we find man already civilized. Right. And right, that's right, right. pretty important to recognize mm -hmm. as we move forward through this chapter. Man was not, at his first appearance, an uncivilized creature. Right. And in regards to the, the presuppositions I just said, Chesterton continues on the theme of presupposing history based on stories people have created around small amounts of data. He uses the psychology of man, basically that what we know about ourselves to say that the people of the past, the ones we call primitive or cavemen, mm -hmm. were no different than we are today. Right. And if we were subjected to the loss of the implements, for example, that make our lives so easy, we would revert to these primitive standards. Right. We would be in the same state yeah, as Yeah, we would go them. back to the primitive In methods. other words, they are us and we are right. them. And yeah. these artificial divisions mm -hmm. that we so often paint in the historian's view of things right. is really, literally artificial. We've made right, them right, up. Right. Yeah. It, it may look a little bit different from one culture to another and from one period of time to another, mm -hmm. but it would be primitive enough for future experts to call us primitive if, if they knew nothing else of you know what surrounded us. So basically, he says, we just don't have enough information to form definite explanations on the past. Right. So we pick to, up- To be able to say, I know. Right. So we pick up on that claim that we've been developing all through- this book of the everlasting man that we yeah. are claiming oftentimes way more knowledge than we're entitled to claim and, and given that, the facts that we have right and that's the issue cuz he doesn't say we exclude what we know you know he says but my suggestions at this point do not go beyond expressing a wholesome doubt about the current assumption right but he also says each of these separate schools were making the admission to prove a particular modern thesis but taken together, they suggest a more ancient and general truth, that there was something more in the prehistoric councils than ferocity and fear, which is what we are always thinking. Each of these separate theorists had his own axe to grind, but he was willing to use a stone axe, and he manages to suggest that the stone axe might have been as Republican as the guillotine. Yes. <laughs> this, I mean, I am always mm -hmm. fascinated by yeah. the development that Chesterton makes of his points. But let me go back to paragraph two for a yeah, second. Yeah, go ahead. So Chesterton actually says, but it has appeared to a good many intelligent and well-informed people quite as probable that the experience of the savages 
mm-hmm. has been that of a decline from civilization. Yeah. Most of those who criticize this view do not seem to have any clear notion of what a decline from civilization would be like. Heaven help them. It is likely enough that they will soon find out. So Chesterton, in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. in this book, as I tried to make clear when I said maybe the best way to understand this chapter is devolution versus evolution. The idea that human beings started out as civilized and slowly devolved Mm -hmm. from that point is as consonant with the facts that we know as this sort of social evolution that we're constantly being fed theoretically Mm -hmm. from those theorists, those academics Mm -hmm. who are acting on an evolutionary assumption about the nature of reality and the world. It is quite as possible, Chesterton says, that what we really see in the history of man is the decline of civilized human beings than it is their ascent to a higher reality. And the other thing I think he stresses is that we don't know. Yes. Right, what we don't know. And I have to chuckle at that last bit that I Mm -hmm. read there. Heaven help them. It is likely enough that they will soon find out Mm -hmm. what the decline of a civilization looks like. Because we are in the midst of it right Right. now. And when was Chesterton? And Chesterton was was writing this, I think, in the 1911s, sometime in the 19... Early 1900s through the 1920s. Okay, so he was First World War and the degeneration. Right, and he was looking at degeneration then. And what are we seeing today? Yeah. We are seeing literally the outplay of that logic. Mm -hmm. We are declining in civilization. Exactly, exactly. So Chesterton says, it is therefore absurd to argue Mm-hmm. that the first pioneers of humanity must have been identical with some of the last and most stagnant leavings of it. Yeah. And what he's saying here is that the theorists of today tend to think of primitive man in terms of the savages yeah. that we find around us in the world today. Yeah. But why would that right. be the case? Right, right. We don't know that that would be the case. It is just as consonant with the facts to think of the primitives of today as being a decline from civilization, as it is to think of them as the sort of foundations from which civilization rose. Right, right. And I don't think any of the scientific discoveries, any of the historical discoveries we've seen since contradict that claim. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is just as likely, therefore, that where the primitives are today they have declined from a more civilized Mm -hmm. position Mm -hmm. than it was that they are the basis of civilization rising from them, the evolutionary view. Right. It kind of goes back to the beginning where God said everything was very good. Yes. Yeah. And it's declined since then. And it's declined since then. And he says, very good. Yes. (laughs) And Chesterton says, but there is not a grain of evidence that primitive government was despotic. And tyrannical. It may have been, of course, again, there's that ignorance that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) For it may have been anything or even nothing. Mm -hmm. It may not have existed at all because we don't know. Exactly. (laughs) But the despotism 
in certain dingy and decayed tribes in the 20th century does not prove that the first men were ruled despotically. Right. It does not even suggest it. It does not even begin to hint at it. If there is one fact we can really prove from the history that we really do know, it is that despotism can be a development. Right. Often a late development. And very often, indeed, the end of societies that have been highly democratic. Right. And, and this is Plato's point. Right. In Republic. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was going to say later in this chapter, he uses Egyptians and the Babylonians as right. an example. Yeah. But at this point, he says, we do not know what really happened in the world before those records, but the little we do know would leave us anything but astonished if we learned that was very much like what happens in this world now. What were you going to say about it? No, I was just going to pick up right there. As for the current cant, Chester continues, about the strongest man ruling by force and fear. And this is one of the fundamental claims Mm -hmm. of the sort of socialist notion of the world, right? That everything is power and force. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is simply a nursery fairy tale about a giant. Undoubtedly, he says, they, that is this primitive people, might admire in a romantic and poetical sense the man who was really the strongest. Mm -hmm. But that is quite a different thing. And, and here's the point, is as purely moral and even mystical as the admiration for the purest or the wisest. Yeah. But the spirit that endures the mere cruelties and caprices of an established despot is the spirit of an ancient and settled and probably stiffened society. Yeah. Not the spirit of a new one. Right. As his name implies, the old man is the ruler of an old humanity. Yeah. So yep. when we come to the history of humanity, we already have human beings civilized right. presented before us, and that civilization may be understood as the end of a socially evolutionary theory, or it may be equally understood as the decline of man from mm-hmm. a more advanced position. Mm-hmm. And-, and the Bible actually tells us yeah. that Adam and Eve and the children that followed from them were civilized. And the societies that they developed were probably well-developed and intelligent. Mm -hmm. And from those societies, the things that we have before us may not be an advancement, but a decline from that very rational start. Well, I guess it's kind of like what he says here. According to the real records available, barbarism and civilizations were not successive stages in the progress of the world. Exactly. They were conditions that existed side by side as they still exist side by side. Yes. There were civilizations then as there are civilizations now. There are savages now as there were savages Savages then. then. Yes. And I would say that there are savages living within civilizations today. Right. And there's civilized living within savages today. And oh my goodness, do we have that graphically displayed before us this week? 
yeah, because of what just happened, Israel. Exactly. um, There is a savage reality Mm -hmm. attacking the civilized reality Mm -hmm. of Israel today. Exactly. The Hamas radicals are basically the most the, the dregs of humanity. Yeah. The evil that the social structure has produced. Yeah. The almost, and I I know I'm biased here, mm-hmm. but it's almost the Marxian, yeah. resentful, hateful mm-hmm. notion of those who have refused to raise themselves, to follow the dictates of God mm-hmm. and his structure and live life as rational creatures who are responsible for their own destinies to yeah. raise themselves by following the pattern that God has given them. Right. They are instead resentful and hateful of those who have right. and therefore attack and become inhuman themselves. Right. Exactly. They have debased themselves through civilization rather than through following the rational basic structures of humanity as God established it originally. Right, exactly. They are, in that sense, as Chesterton would say, overly civilized. Mm-hmm. They have taken upon themselves the highly, and what we would call at the Christian atheist, the hyper-rational view of civilization, mm-hmm. rather than the basic structures that God put in place. Right. That raise man and recognize his common humanity amongst all others and a more pure democratic view in which all people are equally valuable and important instead of this resentment and hatred towards others who have, by their efforts, raised themselves above your position. Right, right. So that's the example of the savage living within yeah. the civilized. Yeah, and they are savage. I don't know mm-hmm. how. I don't know how else you. I don't them. know how else either. And no. those who and would you support can't them even compare them to animals because yes, animals do as they're programmed to do. This is yeah. like beyond that. I know this is one of the points that you've mm-hmm. made this week as we've talked about this that I thought was absolutely fantastic. We can't even raise them to the status of animals mm-hmm. because animals at least are willing to just pursue their own self-interest. Their hatred of the Jews is such that they're not even being animals because animals don't care about the hatred, the ongoing hatred that they care about. Mm -hmm. And as Benjamin Netanyahu said, peace will come when they lay down their weapons, Mm -hmm. but not until then. Yeah, humanitarian, humanitarian. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Explain that a little better because it, it needs to be explained, I think. Yeah. They said that they will do their the humanitarian thing once they do the humanitarian thing. Right. When they cease to be brutes, right. then once, peace can come. Right. But not right. before that. When they give up their evil. Because how do you as a human being react to the savage beast that is attacking you? Right. Until you can rationally deal with them. Mm-hmm. There is no rational dealing right. with Hamas. Right. 
they are subhuman.、Mm-hmm. Not because they human beings are subhuman, but because they've embraced a they've subhuman chosen, ideology. Yeah, they've chosen to. Do they、that. have subjected themselves、mm-hmm. below the standard、right. of humanity. Right. Exactly. And Israel is trying its best to treat the Palestinians as human beings.、Yeah. But they refuse, just as we human beings constantly refuse God's hand reaching out to us. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I am a Christian, with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening, and remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st-century worldview, and be a Christian.